0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And this is a podcast all about local news stories, funny local news stories, strange local news stories, banal local news stories... Anything that Rob and I find interesting, but also Rob, we get a listener story of the week submitted to us every week, which we're going to feature at the end of the podcast. That's right. And uh, this is episode 143 now, Rob. Episode 143. Think of all those listener stories we've had over the years. We're going to have another one this week, but also this podcast will feature in it our general anaesthetic segment, and that's where Rob and I discuss a general news story of the week. And we're, that, we're going to be in our third week of doing that now, Rob. Yeah. I think, I th- And I think it's been going very well so far. I like yeah,
1: it. It has. It has. I think it's been, it's been well-received. I mean, we haven't had any feedback to suggest that, but I feel, from my perspective, it's been well-perceived.
0: Yeah. It's been well-perceived by me. Yeah. yeah. Well-received <laughs> by me, sorry. But if, if anybody's got any comments about the new general anaesthetic segment, and indeed, if a listener ever wants to submit a story... To petition to be featured on the general Anesthetic segment, they can do that as well. Yeah, Why fair not? enough. I'm sorry, Rob. I didn't clear that with you. I just just said it now.
1: I like it. Oh, it's, it's on the off the cuff. Very
0: Ex- nice. Executive decision.
1: That's fine.
0: Well, Rob, do you have any announcements to make? Anything to say? How's the Instagram account going? We've got we've got this Instagram account, Rob. We have these business cards, and Rob, we're we pleased to hear that I have been disseminating the business cards, doing what we've always said we should do. Every time I take a train journey, I leave one on the window.
1: Okay, I've been trying to do that in random places, so yeah, I've done it. maybe not as much as I should have. Um, well, once again, I'm happy to report that the Instagram account has had a 100% increase up to four listeners. Listeners? Sorry, well, uh, followers, even. Well, that's good, Rob. I mean, it's only been
0: going like a week or whatever it is, but you've had it... So Rob takes a picture of the business card in some location around the
1: UK, and that's people right. have to guess where it is. Then there will be a new one at the end of this re- week. I don't understand why more... I want more people to get into this. Do people just not like a challenge? Well, I mean, the thing is, there's not many people who know at this point in time. I mean, we're getting... About, about Instagram again. Yeah. Like, yeah, so just give it time and hopefully the ball will stop rolling. Can I start then Rob? Can I kick
0: us off? Cuz I've got go two two small stories which I want to I want to report on. Rob, one is from the news Shopper Okay. From Tuesday 2nd of June. We are recording on the 3rd of June. I believe it's the 3rd today. It is? Yes, that would make sense because it's Wednesday and yesterday was Tuesday. <laughs> and it's by Jamie Micklethwaite, who who seems to be now also like Patrick Grafton Green. Report he, he seems to have been given the small slightly comical story. They maybe 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 Patrick Grafton Green that journalist was overwhelmed, Rob.
1: Alex yeah, these too are much the stories work. that matter. I reckon they
0: brought in Jamie Micklethwaite just to just to lighten these loads. I really hope so. And the headline is Bobby Heath 25 formerly of Simnel Road in Lee which is not relevant in a in a in a headline. No. Where he used to live.
1: No. Uh, I ple- mean that, there's one thing that tried to fit an entire story into a headline but that's just that's just spurious information. Pointless. Yeah, who
0: went to primary school in
1: yeah.
0: uh, Please not guilty to stealing own barrister's phone. <laughs> Oh
1: lovely. Is he a low life?
0: And that well, I'll show you a picture and you can make, make your mind up in a minute. A man accused of stealing his own barrister's phone at Beckley Magistrates Court has pleaded not guilty. Bobby Heath, formerly of Simnel Road Lee, has been accused of stealing barrister Charlotte Johnson's phone on May 1st. Heath had been in court on charges of cannabis possession and driving without insurance oh. when the alleged theft took place. Miss Johnson was discussing fine arrangements with Heath around, at around 11am when she returned to court, leaving her £300 Samsung mobile phone and case files on the windowsill. Bexley magistrates caught her today, June 2nd, but when she returned to court, the phone had gone. Heath mm. denied taking the phone. That's the story. So, he's he's got a barrister to defend him, and he and, and he can't help himself, Rob, he thinks. I'm having that.
1: We don't know this, Alex. That's the allegation. He sounds like a liberal rogue to me. Oh, I haven't... Oh, no, he's not. No, yeah, he stole it. Yeah, sorry. Describe for the listener. He looks like a drug addict. Um, Rob! He does look like a drug addict. He's got a very unusual-shaped
0: head, Rob, hasn't he? Yeah. His... Because shouldn't his eyes start further down his head? His forehead is actually... It, it looks, got, like, it's it been, looks like, it's like he's got stretched. very small temporal lobes, which yeah. is the bit that's responsible for all that kind of, well, you know, that, that, that makes us different than apes, basically. Yeah.
1: And also, I think... He's uh, got a very you, long, large chin as well. And as, uh, you know, we both sit in Primark jumpers. Or, oh, no. Well, where's my bag, actually. But, you're in uh, a Puma t-shirt. He, yeah, but right. I do have a Primark jumper with me. He's sitting there in a Ralph Lauren jumper.
0: Yeah, and you don't know that my jumper's from Primark, so... I do, it's Alex. I, I know it's from...
1: No, no, you don't know. This is not from Primark. Is it not? No. Oh, it looks like a, Prim- a Primark special.
0: This is Hugo Boss jumper, which you're saying looks like a Primark jumper.
1: <sighs> just move on, Alex. It is Primark. I know it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's a nice Primark jumper. It is.
1: It's, it's, it's a very fetching colour.
0: Now, Rob, last week... Sets you, off
1: your beard. Last
0: week that... Thank you. Last yeah. week, you'll recall, weren't you, Rob, that I had a story about Jurassica.
1: Oh, yes, of course. How could we forget?
0: This, I didn't. That's so why I just mentioned it. I might say. <laughs> wrong with you um that is this um well the 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 patron of whom is david attenborough who is of course the brother of richard attenborough who starred in jurassic park and there's this whole thing down on the jurassic coast that's open that they want to open called jurassic that's going to feature these animatronic swimming dinosaurs and everything and we had a great conversation about that last week if you want to hear that go back and listen to last week's episode because it was an absolute corker agreed i'm not going to follow up on jurassic rob i'm sorry but what i am going to say Oh, really? Again? Do we need the theme tune again? Shut up. Right. <laughs> Jurassic Park T-Rex dinosaur on a truck spotted in Greenwich. Right. <laughs> okay. By Mark Chandler, who was the man who visited the New Cross Sex Cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greenwich Park was transformed into Jurassic Park this morning with the arrival of a dead dinosaur on a truck. Right. Sorry. It's not a dead dinosaur, though, is it? Wait. Well, wait. The T-Rex had already stunned Londoners when it was driven around the streets yesterday near Trafalgar Square and London Bridge. Despite being covered in a white sheet, the Tyrannosaurus fearsome head could clearly be seen. And this morning, it was South East London's turn as the creature was spied in Park Row and later in the town centre. However, there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for the sighting. It was all a stunt by National Geographic TV for their upcoming T-Rex autopsy show. Uh, That's the story, Rob. I now want you to describe the pictures for the listener because they are just, I think, incredible. Can you imagine that either you are in central London or in South East London yesterday? Walking down the road and you see that. <laughs> Describe. Okay. More pictures. Hang so, on. Wow. There are loads.
1: So there's a T-Rex on its side, covered in a white blanket or a white sheet, with part blood of stains. Head. With blood stains, like it's just it's literally just been massacred, uh, and tied to the back of a, of a low-loading <laughs> lorry. Um, <laughs> Look at this. I mean, it's quite, it's quite a sight central London. Sorry. did I mean is it just me or I always thought the National Geographic quite, used to be quite a reputable? I read National Geographic. What the fuck are they doing?
0: Promoting their T Rex autopsy show. Look at it outside the Houses of Parliament. That's a good shot,
1: actually. And not, well, like
0: that. One dead dinosaur outside a building full of dead dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Thank you.
0: Okay, Rob, you got a story for us.
1: Yeah, the first one's from a Gloucester Citizen. The Citizen! I also think we should make some reference to that because if people don't know what we're doing, what are we doing? I've forgotten. We're re- we're impl- Oh, it's because
0: what are we doing? Why where did yeah, it come what, from? Why was, was that Nazi, Nazi Uh Because I think we had a story once where we speculated that there were Nazi goings on in that area. Did we from there?
1: Okay. Anyway, on with the story. Well, if
0: anybody wants to know, and anybody could tell us why we do it, could you go back and listen to probably about the first 10-20 episodes and yeah. let us know why we started going The Citizen?
1: Because we've genuinely forgotten. Gen- genuinely. 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 Yeah, there you go, Rob. <laughs>
0: genuinely forgotten.
1: Which is worrying, Rob. Yeah. Anyway. Headline. Woman jailed for having loud sex. And Now, hang on a minute. I've read this story. Where did this happen? Uh, what's the date on it? Monday. I wonder if this was in the Metro. Go
0: on, read me this story. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of women having loud sex. A woman has been jailed. Journalist?
1: uh, No, it's just by Citizen News. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Brother of Citizen Kane? I don't know if that's that's like a a, pseudonym or something. I don't know. Could be, could be. Um, A woman has been jailed for two weeks for having loud sex. Gemma Whale of uh, Small... Sorry. Gemma Whale? Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wales as in Wales but without the S right Gemma Wales well, Small Heath, <coughs> Birmingham was given a two week prison sentence for having for, sorry for making loud sex noises which annoyed her neighbours Rob why is a
0: story about a woman from Birmingham yep. being reported in the Gloucester Citizen it's a good question it's not
1: local news is it no right uh, a civil court judge concluded that she had breached an antisocial behaviour order by screaming and shouting while having sex. Yeah, I've read this whole story. This is one about that she that there's lots of strange goings on, like banging in the house. That's, keep reading. Yeah, that's it it yeah. was yeah. a good story. The details emerged in a, in a written uh, ruling by Judge Emma Kelly following a court hearing in Birmingham Crown Court. So, county court. Uh, Birmingham City Council took legal action against uh, after a neighbour, neighbour complained. Uh, Judge Kelly said she'd had been she also breached the order by arguing with her boyfriend, swearing at neighbours, <laughs> b- banging around the house, and running around the property. Yeah, that
0: was a bit I like running around the property. She's basically mad. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't understand, Rob. Please t- th- are you telling me there's no explanation from the Gloucester citizen why they're covering a Birmingham-related no. story? This has been posted in error, hasn't it? Uh,
1: possibly. Somebody on work
0: experience doesn't really understand the idea of local news. I think it's, a- well, technically it's local news, it's not local to them. Yeah, it but, could just be a slow news newsweek in but, Gloucester. But unless they've become a
1: national news reporting website, it's uh, irrelevant. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> she said a neighbour complained. Uh, paragraph three of the order had been breached on at uh, five am on January twenty ninth. Gemma started screaming, and shouting, was having sex, which woke us up. Uh, this latest lasted ten minutes. It's like your lesbian neighbours, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Although they've been yeah. very quiet recently. right the judge concludes that I'm satisfied that during the course of the early hours of January the 29th, around 5am, the defendant was guilty of screaming and shouting whether it was, having sex, a, l- a lever of noise which caused nuisance or annoyance to a neighbour. Is
0: there a certain decibel of it? Does it you know, is, it, is there some sort of European court ruling on this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. We would find
1: out, wouldn't it? If anybody knows. French if we have any European
0: sense. listeners, because we're not European. But if we have any European listeners, please tell
1: us. No, they'd be far too lazy to do anything about it. So if right. they're French, they'll sit there. Yeah. I don't care. This is not something I care about. I like, make as much noise as I like. <laughs> you fucking English types, you can fuck right off.
0: Your sort of the French accent sort of slipped. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, a few a few comments. Um, Sanka says, <laughs> "I thought this was local paper." What has the story got to do with Gloucestershire? Which I think is a fair point. And, they, they and, and Citizen News should reply to them. Uh, Kay Powell responds by saying, uh, Sankus, I expect that she was so loud she could be heard from 50 miles ah, away. Ah, that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, Quedgley Guy says, an, Another human right crushed by a judicial puppet? Which I think is a good episode title. Another human right crushed by a judicial puppet? Yes. No matter what else we <laughs> yes. have in this episode, that is our episode title.
0: Okay, very topical as well. Yeah.
1: Um and uh, what a brilliant episode title <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite good isn't it um, and uh, Kay Powell responds to the, the previous comment by saying I hope she moves sequentially right Yeah, I can understand why yeah uh, ok what's your second story Rob second story is only a short one it's from the Stroud News and Journal um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a weird one to be honest well they're all weird from Stroud Rob yeah, when right, have you ever not featured a story from Stroud that hasn't been shrouded in weirdness good point uh the story is by um Soul Cook Black. Sorry. Uh, Soul Cook Black. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds made up. Cook Black is hyphenated. That sounds made up. It does. Yeah. You're right. Soul as in S O L. Uh, no, as an S A U L, like Paul. Soul, Soul. Oh, oh, yeah. Soul, Soul Cook Soul. Black. Yeah. Hmm. Uh headline Soul Sh- Black Cook. Mm. Sounds a bit dodgy. <laughs> Let's not expand on that too much. No, I'm just thinking of The Shining. Found okay. in South Park, of course. Uh motor drives under lorry near Stroud, and then carries on for 40 miles. What? What? <laughs> what sort of car was this? Had it feel under a lorry? Uh, I'll show you. Right. Uh, a motor drove under a lorry near Junction 13 of the M5 near Stroud, and then carried on driving for another 40 miles. And uh, no, hang on a minute, another 40 miles. So even at 60 miles now, that's 40 minutes. Yeah. And I'm saying he wasn't going at that speed all the way. So he probably drove for an hour. Yeah. Um, despite the incident. And Nearly flattering the roof of the silver car, the driver carried on before be, uh, being stopped by central motorway police. Uh, so he never cent- stopped to check his own car? No. Because no, what apparently. Doing? So, so the, the, he drove it under the lorry, it crushed his roof, and he just carried on. What, out of panic? Uh, who knows? Doesn't well, say. Well, how did this... That, what, what, what car fits under a lorry? It looks like a Vauxhall Vectra estate. Please let oh, yeah. So that was the state of his car when they stopped him.
0: Right, um, t- t- for the listener, right, this is a silver estate car where it, you know, we're not just talking a bit flat. And the roof has been severely been crushed in, crushed. and the windscreen. I don't know how he would drive
1: looking through that windscreen, Rob. It's completely obliterated. How did he drive under a lorry, Rob? Well, what I did only thing I can think of is he drove between the truck and the back axles of the lorry, so literally was in the space under there, and just must have stayed there.
0: No, no, sorry, I'm confused. He's driving down the road. There's a great. He big comes of off. Lorry. He comes
1: off a slip road. What and drives. Under, literally By drives accident. under the lorry and he's stuck there for and a while and he's stuck there and then then gets out of under there uh, yeah. no 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 the only reason that he that he was stopped because the, the, a, a policeman stopped, stopped the lorry
0: Oh, so when you say he carried on going for 40 minutes, he didn't have a choice, Rob. Well, it doesn't say that. I mean, you're, unders- you're speculating I that
1: he was stuck under the lorry for this whole time, being dragged along. He didn't well, have anywhere he no, could big, go, Rob. The story says the driver carried on before being stopped by the central yeah. motorway no,
0: Police so, Group. Yeah, 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 they didn't see the lorry. What happened was he went under the lorry, out the other side. The lorry driver must have thought, fucking hell, oh, I've just given birth to an estate car. Or yeah. I just hadn't noticed. It's a possibility. You'd notice a car materialising from your front <laughs> bonnet, Rob. <laughs> Maybe. Crushed. And then the police saw this car driving around flattened and thought, what the fuck is... Go- Rob, this is... What's wrong
1: with this man? <laughs> Please tell me there's an interview with him. No. Uh, the only thing it says is Central Motorway Police posted this image of the car on Twitter around 9- 9 a.m. this morning uh, and said, incredible. This car drove under line lorry near Junction 13 in the M5. He drove off and we caught him near Junction... Sorry, Junction 5, 40 miles away. Well, I'm looking this up, Rob, because there has got to be a follow-up to this. Uh, well you do that
0: and uh, there's only two comments Birmingham Uh, Mail funnily enough oh okay but I'm going to go with the Daily Mail because I think we can trust them Rob to have got to the bottom of this yeah well that's debatable it's a silver Vauxhall Signum oh that's close Not far off struck HGV in Gloucestershire vehicle left with considerable damage but continued going for an hour I was right Rob with my hour approximation roof buckled and windscreen cracked and ripped from roof car eventually pulled over by police
1: it's not clear though, is it? It's not clear whether he could have got out there voluntarily. He
0: drove under a car near J13 of M5. He drove off and we caught him forty miles away. It sped right so Passing motorists. That's, were, that's the quote from the police. Passing by the way. motorists were left in disbelief as a smashed-up vehicle sped beside them on the busy motorway early this morning. But it doesn't say how
1: it happened. So does that mean he, that he drove into the truck and then drove out and just so carried on driving with his car <laughs> in that state? Yeah, without being able to see, with a roof on his head, he must have just panicked. Well, there's only two comments I'm just going to touch upon. Um, Halodge says uh, perhaps he didn't notice, and then uh, Jay Versace just says, "What a bell end."
0: <laughs> well, I think we can both agree with that, right? Absolutely. Okay, Rob, it's time for our general anaesthetic segment this week. Great. Where if, if people don't have already worked out, it's been going for two weeks, and it's where I report. On a general news story of the week, rather than a local one. Hence why it's called General Anesthetic. And also because I've been aching to shoehorn a General Anesthetic segment in to our local Anesthetic podcast for some time. And uh, we've managed to do it. Now, Rob, I want to focus. I'm going to be talking about the election, which I know we all want to forget. Yeah, we do. But I do need to talk about the election. I just want to cover this, Rob. Okay. And... How are you feeling mood-wise, Rob? Well... No, just generally in life at the moment.
1: I'm okay. I mean, the, the, right. I, I think the, 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 the darkness has lifted somewhat since, since okay. the 7th of May. Um, I mean, it's still a struggle, I'll Would, be
0: honest. Well, I just want to warn you that you may be plunged in, back into it right. for the rest of today.
1: Okay,
0: great. Um, this story, Rob, I've got a couple of things I want to report on here that are related. This, uh, this story is from News Shaft. Which is the definitive? Sorry, what the fuck is that? It's a definitive Scottish news and politics website, and I love the fact they call only the Scots could get away with. We couldn't do that in England. That's like shows. a comic
1: news website. No, look, it's great. News shot right? Okay, I like it.
0: But this story was reported elsewhere, but I just like their write-up of it. First of June headline: Electoral Reform Society, voting system is archaic and divisive. Oh, I saw this headline. I didn't see the story, but I saw the headline. The independent campaigning organisation, the Electoral Reform Society, has released a report describing this year's general election as the most disproportionate result in British election history. <laughs> Brilliant. The report details the extent to which the first-past-the-post system fails to represent fairly the support given to smaller parties, such as the Greens and UKIP. And I'm sure some of this you already knew, but it's interesting yeah. to look at it in raw figures. So Katie Ghosts, CEO of the Electoral Reform Society, said, Labour saw their vote share increase while their number of seats collapsed. So their actual share of the vote increased, but they got less seats.
1: That's ridiculous. The
0: Conservatives won an overall majority on a minority of the vote. The Liberal Democrat lost nearly all their seats despite winning 8% of the vote. The SNP... So, the SNP got 95% of Scottish seats, Rob. What share of the vote do you think the Scots got, the the SNP got in
1: Scotland? They got 95% of the seats. I suppose this is... is, uh... As a percentage of the,
0: of the whole so no, must, uh, out, of, out of the Scottish vote share What percentage do you think they got? Must be about 70% They got 50% of the Scottish vote Really? Votes, but they got 95% of seats Jesus The report based on bowl, polling Of over 40,000 people by YouGov On behalf of the Electoral Reform Society Concluded that 50% of voters in the election 22 million votes went to losing candidates That's just While oh. 74% of votes 15 million were wasted
1: Alex that's ludicrous
0: Yes, yes, Rob, it is. So that is quite, quite incredible. So just, just, to put, just, just to put this clearly, right, the Conservatives got 36.9% of the vote and they got 50.9% of seats. Right. Labour got 30.4% of the vote and got 35.7% of the vote uh, of seats. UKIP got 12.9% of the vote. So that is nearly half what Labour got. Yeah. Remember that Labour got 35.7 vote share. UKIP, sorry, shit seats. And UKIP got 0.2% of the seats (laughs) on 8%. How is that? Which we might be grateful for. But the Lib Dems, who got 7.9%, only got 1.2% of seats. The SNP, who got 4.7% of the vote, got 8.6% of seats. Greens, who got 3.8% of the vote, got 0.2% of seats. Seats which doesn't make any sense because then UKIP, who got 12.9 and Greens, who got 3.8, both got the same amount of seats, yeah. And Plaid Cymru, who nobody cares about, got
1: 0.6% of the vote and got 0.5% of seats. So that's the only one that evens out. Oh, can I just say, I mean, the Welsh can, yeah, wa- yeah. Well, well no one cares about the Welsh,
0: but th- th- that's true. Um, so now, just on t- so now, Rob, if that wasn't depressing enough, I mean, this gets worse, unfortunately, it does. From the Guardian, Rob, by um. Patrick Wintour, political editor, from the 1st of June. Election swing Labour needs for majority has doubled study fines. Now, oh, the hell. reason this is going to depress you all, I'm surprised you haven't read this story, is because, well, well, I'll just read it. The Fabian Society have concluded that Labour would require an electoral swing in marginal seats of 9.5 percentage points, more than twice the 4.6 points that the party needed for a victory in 2015. Wow. Labour's leadership contenders are likely to examine the analysis closely, especially the emphasis on the need for the party to win over Tory voters, something Labour regarded as less important in the 2015 Parliament due to the disillusionment with Liberal Democrats. The Fabians acknowledge that the chances of the next Labour leader securing an overall majority in 2020 look very, very small. If Labour were to make no gains in Scotland, the party would need to perform better in England and Wales than at any time since the 1997 landslide. The collapse of the Lib Dem vote means around four in five of the extra votes Labour will need to gain in English and Welsh marginals will have to come directly from Conservative voters. And in comparison, in 2015, they only needed one in five. So we've gone from a situation where Labour were just demolished Mm. and they needed one in five of these Tory votes. They now need four in five. And this is because of the boundary changes, I should add. These boundary changes that have yes,
1: happened. I was aware of that.
0: The Fabian analysis concludes that boundary changes mean Labour will have the equivalent of two hundred and twenty MPs at the two thousand twenty election, requiring it to win hundred and six oh seats. God. This compares with the sixty eight that Labour needed for a majority this year. The sobering figures for Labour on the size of the swing required implies its next leader will need to earn around forty percent of the vote to win a majority. Since it's since to win a majority of one. Since it starts from a 2015 vote of 30.4, if the party made no progress in Scotland, it would require a 42% vote share. The Conservatives will be able to retain their majority with 36% of the vote. How are you so, feeling, Rob? So... Come on, how are you feeling, buddy?
1: Let's look at this objectively. Back in the 80s and 90s, Labour were in the wilderness because they were still more or less a left-wing party uh, and they were deemed unelectable.
0: Until Tony Blair came in.
1: Yeah. And radically changed the party's ideology. To the centre. moved it. Yeah. yeah. So now we're going to have to become a faux-conservative party, move more to the right, and basically do exactly what the Tories are doing... To have any hope. Yeah. It doesn't get a lot worse, does it? But basically what it means, Rob, is probably
0: for the rest of our lives there's going to be a Tory government. Unless, unless some major scandal... Which we can only hope of erupts that brings them down. I mean, in this conservatives, there's a possibility that that you know that could well happen. There is a possibility, but it is sobering. The other thing that I just want to say, Rob, in relation to this, as we are talking about elections, just to throw it out there. Right. Is that either, either this is a good thing or a bad thing for us. So who, what is? What I'm about to say. Right. Either this is a good thing or a bad thing. And that is that um, in 2014, the Policy Exchange, which is a think tank, reported that British elections are seriously open to fraud. So it's either a good thing or a bad thing for us, because either either we can get the Tories out by somebody committing fraud, or the Tories will just continue to commit fraud, not saying they have already, but to stay in power. But the point that I'm making is, apparently there were 7 million errors on the electoral register in 2005. Wow. Which, uh, and between 13 and 15.5 million in 2011-2014. Secondly, in 2005, a senior judge attacked our postal voting system, Rob, condemning the government for complacency in the face of fraud which would, in his words, disgrace a banana republic. Um, and the judge who sits on, 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 uh, in judgment on election fraud cases has said the introduction of on-demand postal voting made Britain's electoral system vulnerable to fraud on an industrial scale. Postal voting on demand, however, however many safeguards you build into it, he said, is widely open to fraud. It's open to fraud on a scale that will make election rigging a possibility and indeed in some areas a probability. What has worried me about this for some time is the ease with which it's possible to commit postal vote fraud and the scale on which it can be committed."
1: I don't really know what to say. Can you not take any more of this?
0: Just so you know, Rob, just interestingly in this election, there were a number of reports of postal votes that were missing in this election, including a van containing 200,000 postal votes that was stolen. So, uh, so what we need to do, Rob, you and me, steal some postal votes. Okay. 2020, we can do it, Rob. Set up, set up, you know, fake electoral register names, people who've died. Yeah, so head down to the, to the cemetery, get a few names. Yeah, yeah yep. that's not okay. hard. Yeah, we can no, do no. a
1: tour of cemeteries, you know. And we just need to get Labour this swing. To be fair, we've got five years to do it. I mean, if we go to the, some of the major cemeteries, like, I don't know, Nun, a Nunhead, we could go to West, West Norwood, get some names. As long as we can get together, I mean, it, like I said, it's going to be quite a few voters, but I think together, we can do it. We Let's by On the back of the dead. <laughs> Good slogan.
0: (laughs) Okay, Rob, after that rather sobering come down, please lift us up. Rob, lift us up to something happier.
1: I must admit, Alex, this story did make me smile. Um, It's from the the Swindon Advertiser. It's by uh, Amber Hicks. Uh, The headline is, Beware of fishy con man, war police. Oh, no, I'm not going to like this,
0: Rob. Fishy con man... It's not like a man dressed as Captain Birdseye.
1: eye. <laughs> no, of, it's not, no, no it's not. long like sell you some haddock and you just get gone. Oh, that's closer. Uh, elderly and vulnerable residents in North Wiltshire have been targeted by a rogue door-to-door salesman who has tricking people into spending hundreds of pounds on fish. <laughs> run, run, a door-to-door fish salesman! Ron, if
0: anybody knocks on my door smelling fish, the first thing I would think is this is a bit fishy, right? Yeah. Sorry, pardon the pun, but I... Nobody sells fish door to door. If somebody turned up at your, <laughs> your door selling, selling, I don't know, lamb chops, Yeah, you'd think no. Yeah,
1: you'd still be suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Please. Police are urging members of the public to not get caught out after incidents in Bradford... I don't, I don't, is that a pun? I don't think... Well, it might be. I don't, I don't think it's meant to be. Right. After um, incidents in Bradford, Bradford-upon-Avon, uh, Corsham, Cologne and Melcham. Is Bradford-upon-Avon near Bradford? No, I didn't think. It's so sorry, it's Bradford on Avon. Sorry, not not upon Avon. No, it's because uh, Bradford is the coast. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's and also in Yorkshire. Yeah, um, a man selling fish is reported knocking on doors and giving a hard sell, trying to get people to buy his produce. Oh, I'd want to know what the hard sell. What's the hard sell when you're trying to sell fish? You know fish. you want it. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. No, oh, no, that's different. Oh. Um, right. So he states three fifty as the price, suggesting the cost. Uh, the price. The fish costs three pound fifty. The trader relies on the victims not looking, or not looking, or not seeing properly when using a chip and pin reader, and he types three hundred and fifty pounds into the card reader and asks the victim to enter their PIN. So, not only that, but a door to door salesman <laughs> with a chip and pin device.
0: <laughs> so, what is he just got fish in a rucksack and a chip and he's pin? Got, in he's his got his a pocket. fish in
1: one hand and a chip and pin machine in the
0: other. Dear God! But also, how is he planning on committing this fraud with a chip and pin device? Because it would mainly be easily traceable. Because. Because it must be linked to his bank account, you would have thought. Well, not it would not be linked to his bank account. It would have to be linked to a bank, yeah, that's who, true. who would then be conducting the transaction
1: for him. Yeah, which means it would all be traceable. Alex, I mean, it's a dorsal fish salesman. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> why did you think fish was a good one to go? With? <laughs> I have no Why idea. Why didn't he try and sell iPads and really give people two bottles
0: of Cherryade and some cardboard? Because that's not believable. <laughs> Story from last week, for anybody wants so
1: to uh, after, So, <laughs> after, they, after they've made the their card transaction, he then leaves uh, three carrier bags of fish are le- then left on the doorstep, and he leaves, having charged £350 for the items. So,
0: so, he, so he does actually give them the fish, to be fair to him. Yeah, so is he it, does send the fish. fish?
1: it's just, Do we know what fish it is? Uh, I don't think it says. Three bags of rancid fish? No. So technically, although he is, pretty, I mean, I don't know, he's not really a con man, okay? So there's a bit of a markup on the fish. No, but...
0: because he's saying three fifty, never says three pounds fifty. Technically, everything he's done is legal. Yeah. It's, it, what it is, it's disingenuous, but he's actually not. If you think about it, he said three fifty. He typed three fifty into the chip and pin. You get some fish in return. Yeah. That's what so... happens if they say that's three hundred fifty pounds, not three fifty? Then do you think he says? Do you think he just gives them a bit of haddock for three pounds fifty and tries to the <laughs> And a bit of haddock,
1: isn't eu- the tin. Isn't it a euphemism? No, I think, I think he knocks it down and is okay, I realise that 350 is a lot. Let, let's make it 200. <laughs> uh, a woman in her late 80s who is hard of hearing and lives in a sheltered housing in Rowley Place, Melksham, is one of the people to have been caught out and paid £249 for some fish last Thursday when he came to her I house. It was 350 Yeah, but he's knocked it down. It's reasonable. <laughs>
0: 249 <laughs> she must have tried to haggle <laughs> oh, I'll give you 249 Rob well, what is sheltered housing I've never understood isn't all housing sheltered
1: uh, sheltered housing is basically where it's been modified so there's, it has like handrails and it has one of those you know those there's, there's yeah, red cords I've right, yeah, yeah. got one of my but mind. also if it's 250 right that, as you said that implies 249 actually, 249 that implies that maybe she did know it was three fifty, so he's actually reduced his price. Yeah, I think she haggled. Yeah, we don't know. He might be. He might be selling premium cod here. We don't know how much fish is in the bags. I mean, It's unlikely if he's left the three carrier bags of fish. But
0: three carrier bags of fish would would be quite a substantial amount of money. Three carrier bags. Of fish. If you think at a pack, I'm sorry to get technical here, mm. but a pack of two fillets of salmon is three pounds. Yeah. If I filled up a bag of those with twenty, that's sixty
1: quid. Three bags worth is one hundred and eighty quid. So we're looking at this as actually... There's, 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 he's a legitimate man. fish seller. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a, a, a just legitimate businessman. Business. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, li- no vehicle's been linked or identified in Wiltshire at this time, and, you, and the receipts he gives is said to be linked to an address in Durham. Uh, a spokesman for Wiltshire Police said, if you receive a fish seller at your door, please do not buy anything and call Wiltshire Police on 101 immediately. Uh, also, if you have any, any elderly or vulnerable neighbours, please make sure they're not scammed by this person. Any comments? It's hard to know what to
0: say, Rob. Are there any comments on no, Swindon? No, unfortunately not. Uh, no. Where, 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 is this Swindon Abbey This is Rose? Swindon, yeah. Why are the people
1: of Swindon not commenting on this story? They're all, they're all busy tucking into their trout. Yeah, <laughs> they, they think they've got some premium fish for quite a <laughs> knockdown price.
0: <laughs> okay, Rob, it's time for our Listener Story segment of the week. And, Rob, we have to keep our voices down right now because Rob and I, we're in some sheltered housing at the moment sort of apartment block, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're trying to procure the identities of some recently deceased people in the shelter housing because we're trying to rig the 2020 election. Alex, and no, this, Rob,
1: this feels a bit wrong. Uh, yeah,
0: well, I know, Rob, because can, unfortunately, where we are, we can hear these rather loud. Um, oh God, they started again. Sex noises coming through the wall. I don't think these are the people in sheltered housing, Rob. I think this must be coming from the. Well,
1: she shouldn't be in here. I mean, this is for this is for the elderly.
0: Well, I don't know what's Unless going. Unless she's having sex with. Shh, Rob. We don't we don't want to get caught, right? but because Rob, I'm this right. is our listener. We just need to get on with this and get out of there. But we've got the listener story segment of the of the week. Okay, Sorry, a straight to
1: Alex. I'll be honest. Yeah. Right, yeah. So this week is is Steve, uh, who obviously is was formerly our Eagle Heights correspondent. Well, isn't um, he
0: still our Eagle Heights correspondent? Oh, yeah, he
1: still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This story is from the, the Derby Telegraph. Uh, the story is by, uh, ironically, by Martin, Martin Naylor. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, headline... I think she's with Martin Naylor at the moment. She might be. Uh, headline, angry bird, petrified jogger attacked by buzzard in Derby.
0: Oh, we should have read our bird noises. Uh,
1: have you got bird noises? We could have bird... No-
0: we have got bird noises right here.
1: Yeah, you're right. So sorry, say that again. Uh, angry bird petrified jogger attacked by buzzard in Derby. Uh, uh, angry jogger. Yeah. No. Angry bird. Right. Forget that. Forget the Hold on. Buzz- right. Petrified jogger attacked by buzzard in Derby.
0: Petrified jogger attacked by buzzard
1: in Derby. What a brilliant sentence. <laughs> a jogger was attacked by a bird of prey as so he ran down a footpath in Derby. Right. Darren Shepherd was running along the Finn Moor Lane when he thinks he was uh, with, when what he thinks was a buzzard swooped on him and sank its talons into his scalp.
0: <laughs> what I love is he thinks it's a buzzard. Yeah. So has he got a list of uh, suspects? falcon you... buzzards he's by a, the way a, a spy
1: book he's looking in looking the trees trying to identify I, I
0: should say that to you my friend Tom in Gloucester got back to us and said that it wouldn't have been a peregrine falcon cares. it would have been a Kestrel quite oh, obviously of course
1: it cares. and he it's also just... said
0: by the way it's that bin men up. would be uh, 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 people who work at dumps oh god this is killing me this noise people who work at dumps Rob would most likely be members of union uh, unison
1: Alex, Rob Uncle? unison oh yeah unison can we go in another room I hope she should be a bit further away yeah that's better. I can't hear as, as much now. Yeah, unison would make sense. That's what I suspected. Uh, anyway, back to the story. Rob, there's some rich teas there. Whoever's passed away I mean, here, they, they, they've, they've been aware. But yeah, they've been there a while. Wouldn't, if, 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 yeah, I'd not leave them if I... Once I'm, you dunk them in tea, you never know the difference. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's not a euphemism. euphemism. The dad of two said he heard a loud squawking noise. The bird <laughs> came out of nowhere and attacked him on Saturday. Um, <laughs> he said he had just been told... uh Sorry. And he said he had been told the same bird had attacked more than uh, three people at the same spot in the past month. Right. The Toyota worker of Kintyre Drive, Sinfin, said, It's just petrifying. One minute, there I am, running running along, and the next, I'm fighting off this huge bird. It came <laughs> out a, of nowhere. Is this a euphemism? No, no, it's not euphemism. He's being completely serious. He's fighting off a huge bird that came out of nowhere and sunk its claws into his scalp. Yeah. Right. Um, there was no warning. I was on the path. I heard this sudden flapping and squawking just above my head. And then there was this thump to my head. Why if this bird attacked him? Has he got, does he wear a toupee? Uh, no, no. Um, I thought someone had thrown something on my head when I felt the pain and this bird was flapping around me. Uh, it flew off a couple of feet and I grabbed my head. Did he do, Rob, what the guy who drove under the lorry did and just keep running? I love that. Was <laughs> the, the bird on <laughs> yeah. um, I'd love it if the bird had picked him up. Oh, no, he just flew off with him. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I found the bird straight away and just started running to get away from it. I kept looking back over my shoulders to make sure it wasn't coming after me and might attack again. <laughs> Do you, is he doing this every day
0: now? He goes down to the newsagent. He's, he's like the birds. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, did you see a buzzard, mate? Eh?
1: Like, You're right. What? Did you see a buzzard? He needs to go to uh, Eagle Heights. Get it out of his system. True. Uh, Mr. Shepard, 49, uh, who has two sons, not relevant, uh, to skip that, said he fled from the bird. He bumped into his old friend. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why this name makes me laugh. He didn't give us the name of the friend. Yeah, why? He said he bumped into his name, Tom Fleb <laughs> F-U-L-E-P. F u l e p. Flep. F l u l e p. Yeah. Tom Phillip. Tom Fulup. Flep. Why have they given this friend's I name? But he was out walking his dog. <laughs>
0: Read that sentence again, Rob. I think this is the contender. Rob, can we just move away a bit more from it? It's driving yeah, yeah, me mad. Fine. Rob, why have they? What, this has got to be? You know, do you remember when we had that story where it just mentioned what somebody's primary school they went yeah, to? Yeah. This has got to have beaten it for the most irrelevant piece of information to include in a story. Mm. Ran into an old friend. Why give the man's name?
1: Right. Okay. This is read why. the sentence. Right. Read the sentence though. That's okay. It. Mr. Shepard, 49, I have two sons, Lee, Liam and Ryan, 19 Not, not relevant. <laughs> said, he fled from the bird, he bumped, uh, said as he fled from the bird, he bumped into a friend, Tom Phillip, who was out walking his dog. <laughs> this is why it's relevant. He said, he told Mr. Phillip, 53, of Car and Close about the ordeal, uh, who said he had heard about a similar incident that happened on Moore Lane two or three weeks before.
0: So he's just run up to this guy and go, I've just had a, a buzzard come out of nowhere and think it's claws into my scalp.
1: And the guy goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah That's quite uh, common. Yeah. How, how did he get rid of the bird from his head? Uh, he didn't. I think he did. the bird just flew off. Right. Got got yeah. bored. He said, "Tom put something on Facebook warning people about what might happen uh, if risk it's... of buzzard attack." <laughs> so, what happened to me? And one of his friends re- replied to say her husband had been attacked twice in the same couple of weeks by a buzzard returning home with blood down his face and neck. <laughs> What's the pandemic, Alex? Are you right, <laughs> for fuck's sake who gets attacked twice? Like, they say lightning doesn't strike twice what are the
0: chances number one of getting attacked by a buzzard? But you're saying that he's saying that his mate's husband has been attacked twice in the space of a week or whatever yeah. it is by presumably the same, the same buzzard, buzzard yeah. and has come home on two occasions with blood pouring down his neck and face. yeah. For the first time
1: darling what's happened? I got attacked by a buzzard second time oh my god what's wrong? The buzzard it's again. The buzzard again. <laughs> it's the same buzzard. I don't know. I should have gone a different route. Rob, this buzzard's a psychopath. Yeah, um, I think I could be as fortunate as I only suffered a few talon scratches to my head. A like few talon only... scratches to the head is a good episode title. That's true. But I was only on a short walk, a short run, around four miles, and ironically, it was the first time I had done that route after getting home from work. I wanted to try a new route.
0: Oh, can you hear that mattress creaking?
1: Oh god, that's really creaky now, isn't it? Now, the reason they think the people have been attacked, man. It's... Steve sent me two stories, by the way. I'm only going to cover this one because the other story is about another brave soul who came forward after a similar buzzard attack. Why are not you reading me this story? Because I think this story had more, more detail. Why can't I hear the other story as well? I think are, you saying that? are you saying they both cover the same thing? They're both more oh, right, the same Oh, right, okay. Thing. Yeah. Um, so Survivor. Exactly. A, bu- a buzzard attack survivor there's going to be a whole trauma group around it generally this. says comes forward yeah after, after his buzzard incident <laughs> what right,
0: Rob what happened about this you said that somebody had come forward about okay Rob before you go on I can't
1: bear this noise anymore Rob Rob, I'm going to listen yes please turn it off <laughs> no
0: I can't I can't turn it off Rob it's coming through the wall so what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn that's true I'm going to um, turn on the TV and hopefully we drown it out okay because um, we're in the show housing so they've got some videos is it yeah. a
1: countdown
0: or anything no, no 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 hang on all right, Rob, that will run out. Bit of last of summer wine in the background.
1: Right. Okay, that's better. Right. So, in this, it's like change of tact.
0: Uh, <laughs> do you ever watch last of summer wine?
1: When I was, yeah. Well, a long time ago, not now. Is that
0: why elderly people have their TVs on so loud? Is it because there's lots of no- noisy neighbours having sex? Because that is better, isn't it?
1: That would make sense. Yeah. It's, this it's is definitely drained her out, isn't it? This is more pleasant.
0: Yeah. Getting absolutely. to listen to Nora Batty rather than. What, what would
1: you possibly want? Yeah. So the second story. Also from the, the Derby Telegraph. A second victim of the bird of prey who attacks a jogger on a path in Derby has come forward. Keith Hill says he was attacked, he was attacked twice by the bird. This is the, so this is the man this who, this is, is who, this is who's the been really man. targeted. Yeah. While out running on a path off Seraphin Moor Lane. The 67-year-old from Shelton Locks said the first time he, um, he was left with a three-inch scar to the top of his head and talon marks in his scalp. A three-inch scar to the top of the head and talon marks. T- Tell marks of the scalp. You're gonna to have to choose between that and the one we had earlier, yeah. which was bloody good. But
0: that's good. Now
1: he's come forward after reading how another man, fellow jogger Darren Shepherd, was targeted by a bird, which he believed to be a female buzzard. Mr. Hill said the first time I was attacked was around Easter. I don't know why was Maybe, maybe the, the, the buzzard is deeply religious. Who knows?
0: And attacking humans? Why? Uh,
1: yeah, because they killed Jesus. Right. Okay. Bit tenuous. Um. I'd take that very regularly while running and i became become aware of the bird flying close to me. The next thing I knew, I felt an almighty thud to my head. I thought o- I fought off the bird and got away as quickly as I could. Mr Hill had come forward after reading how Shepherd, 49, a father of two from Sinfin, was attacked by a bird of prey on the same path on Saturday afternoon. Mr Shepherd, who, for- who works at Toyota, also felt... <laughs> what the, the fuck? What paper is this? <laughs> this is the Derby Telegraph. Rob, this... Do- the Derby Telegraph.
0: Thank you so much, um, Steve, for this. This paper, in its story, it just drops in random information. Who works for Toyota? Is that not relevant? No!
1: <laughs> Do you not need to know where he works, despite being attacked Don't by Don't drag him, Toyota or? into this, Rob. They've you're got right. enough problems of their own. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, as a bird attacked him, leaving him with injuries... So is it, are, we, are
0: we claiming, then, that the buzzard was sent out by a rival motor competitor? BMW, Mercedes...
1: I think to avoid... Is it somebody to, with an anti... We're not, we're not saying that. We're right. hinting at it. Right. Sure, we're hinting at it, but not saying it directly. Right. Um, I think the, the the gist is that the, the buzzard is apparently mating nearby, and there might be some eggs, so anyone who comes in the vicinity of a nest um, or, is being attacked. It's not that anybody who, who has like a bald patch or is bald, it thinks it's an egg. Good question. Do you reckon that's it? She, she can see the bald patch and thinks it's kind of maybe rolling away, maybe.
0: Sorry, Rob, I'm just distracted by this rather soothing music from Lost of some wine.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, do you know what? It's so much nicer than hearing those two going at it next door.
1: Do you know what? I just makes me want me wanting to get in a, in a bathtub and just, you know, roll around the Yorkshire Dales. I pref- oh, right. I see what
0: you mean. <laughs> I prefer not to do it together. Rob, I'm, now now I have the TV on and we've got Lost someone, now I'm beginning to feel bad about stealing this woman's identity documents.
1: Yeah, especially when she's still in the chair.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure any fraud is worth this, Rob. Does this make us any better than what the Tories are doing? <laughs>
1: No, really? <laughs> it isn't, isn't this a metaphor
0: for what they're doing? <laughs> you're
1: right. You're right. Stealing from the elderly. Yeah.
0: And the We're and terrible, memorable. terrible people. Yeah, let's just just get, like the let's Conservatives. Let's just get out of here, Rob. Okay. Right. Come on. Right, Rob. Well, I think that brings this episode to a close. All we have to do now, Rob, is uh, wave goodbye to episode 143 and, and see it off on its journey. Yeah.
1: Bye-bye. 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 See ya. Bye. Bye. Uh, it's
0: starting to grate again. <laughs> Can I have a hug, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) No. Anyway, that's the episode. Gone, Rob. As we uh, look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, Rob. And as we look ever
1: more forward, like... Like, um... Like... A buzzard waiting a tree branch, waiting for its next victim to attack... Yeah, yeah, just like that.
0: We look ever more forward to our next episode, which, as I say, will be episode one hundred and forty-four. We're approaching one do fifty. Didn't we do anything special for that? We can we can decide no time. It feels like a marker. 150 Yeah, it does. It does one hundred and fifty episodes. Yeah, I think that's that is significant. Anyway, stop talking Rob because we could be found on our website which is lapodcast.net. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash uh, LA Podcast. Always worth checking out the Facebook site because Rob will often post up some amusing pictures from a story we've had or something like that. If you want to check out the Instagram account, go to Instagram and, and look at at LA Podcast. There you can find the picture of the business cards and guess where they've been taken. We are on Twitter at, at LA Podcast and apparently uh, uh, XFM tweeted, retweeted a uh, tweet. We Look, sent they
1: favoured one of our our tweets. Yeah, basically yeah, asking if they they give the podcast a listen.
0: Yeah, because we featured a story we thought they'd like, didn't we? But no, because we mentioned them on the podcast. To be fair, that was why. Yeah, that's why. So, so yeah, it's a yeah. give and take kind of exchange. Yeah, uh, and also we can be found on Tumblr at lapodcast.tumblr.com. But that's it. We're out. We've got to go, Rob. We're out of time. God bless
1: and keep it local. <laughs>